Toasties. I'm Missy, here with my bestie, Johnsy. Hey, y'all. And welcome to our Toasted Shenanigans. I have my voice yes, back. Yes, you do. It's still a touch <laughs> raspy, but. It has a very little bit um, left, but my throat has been like on again, off again, like sore from the amount of mucus of, from my allergies still, because all these leaves are still falling. But it's so pretty looking outside. It's the leaves look so, so but pretty. But it's still like eighty degrees here in the day. <laughs> Tomorrow's gonna be fifty three. So, Ugh. see, this is why we're sick all and the time. And it's gonna drop down to twenty. And it's gonna drop down to like twenties in in the evening. So I have to bring Meyer in tomorrow. Mm. I accidentally left Meyer out for the last two twenty degree weather days evenings, and I don't think he's gonna handle another twenty. No, degree you're gonna kill him. You're not gonna get any lemons. Guys, Meyer is my lemon tree. I just had to make sure to clarify. Yeah. <laughs> I probably think you left your dog out or something. <laughs> uh, Meyer could have been anybody to any anyone. Like they're like, oh shit, who is she leaving out, out in the cold? <laughs> I have to bring him in. Have you ever seen? Um, oh gosh, it's a Dan Aykroyd movie, and I don't know why I'm nothing but trouble. Oh, I love that fucking movie, Bobo and Little yes. Debo. We're not allowed in the house. <laughs> It surprises <laughs> it surprises that, me how many people don't even know that movie exists. I'm like, why? It's amazing. It's the best movie. But it is amazing. And I remember the one scene that my like the adults in my life would laugh at. And it was a scene where he's like eating a hot dog and they would just die laughing. And I always thought as a kid they were laughing at the way he was eating the hot dog <laughs> and not the fact that they had a penis on his nose. <laughs> I noticed that's what they were laughing at. I'm like, oh shit, he's got a dick on his nose. <laughs> oh, so it's a funny little like hidden thing. Oh, to be young again. I know. It's a funny, I, you know, I want to watch that now. It is a funny movie. Oh. I, it is a funny I own movie. that one. I'll have to maybe watch that tonight. I don't, but my dad does. I think. I don't know. But, anyways, how was your day? It was a long day. That was a long day. Yeah. Very long. Lot full full of work. You, <laughs> yeah. What you drinking over there? So I got these up in New York too, and I saved one just for this. Um, I don't think I had tried this one yet, but it came with three different flavors, but it is the Arizona hard teas. And I've been wanting to try these because I love me some Arizona green to- tea. I do too. The- I love the regular Arizona tea. Yeah, that the the Southern brew or whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh that one know. wasn't in there, so I was a little disappointed. But they had a peach, which we know how I feel about peach. And they had the yeah. original, which was fantastic. It is dangerous. It is very dangerous. I you love can't the original. even tell I there's love... alcohol in it. Um, however, this Arizona with the iced tea, this is with lemon, I am not a fan of. <laughs> really? It is disgusting. But no, I'm sorry to hear that. But I will drink it. But what you got over there? Good old H2O. (laughs) (laughs) I had a drink earlier while I was making sure I had all my stuff together for tonight and figured I have to be up early in the morning for work. And it's late this evening because we've, again, when it rains, it pours. We have crap. So things get pushed off. And I figured um, I'm going to finish the night off with some water. Good for you. Yeah. I just got home, so right. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna drink both of these beers that I have here. <laughs> yeah. 
I would say this one's not. Now I'm going to test. I'm going to give my review on this water because I'm that person who tastes the difference. Oh gosh, her face. It is oh, very honey. sour. Ah, I see that. <laughs> Anyways, I am the person who could taste differences in water. And this is a smart water and it's a 9.5 plus pH. It's alkaline with antioxidants. And we got it from a gas station on our way home from Wisconsin. It's not bad, actually. I actually kind of like this one better than the regular smart water, to be honest with you. I'm not a fan of smart water. See, I don't mind smart water. I I like smart water. My favorite is, what is it, uh, the essential or whatnot? Do you know which mm. one I'm talking about? Uh, I know what you're talking about. That one's... Not your favorite. No. I've gotten to the point where I don't really like Fiji anymore. Um, It's not that I don't like Fiji. It's just there's better out there. Yeah. I really like... Oh, gosh. I forget the name of it. I do like body armor, as my husband keeps saying, body armor, and he doesn't even know what we're at the moment talking about. <laughs> but I do like body armor's water, Yeah, actually. theirs isn't bad either. I find... Theirs is very hydrating. I do really, really enjoy that one. And I also like this one. I get, I know Fresh Market sells it, and I think it's called Path. It's really Never good. Never heard of it. They have two different ones. It's in a, one's in a white bottle, and the other one's in a black bottle. And honestly, both of them are really delicious. Mm. And I love good old well water. Uh, it depends on the well. Like, I've had some really bad I, well It must water. be. My grandma had a great well water, and that is the only water I would drink from a tap. The only one. Yeah, I don't like tap water. No. That's why I have my filtered water in the fridge, my pure filter. Honestly, I love that water coming from Yeah, I have the same one, and I love it. So fucking Mm -hmm. good. I love it better than Brita. Yes, I do not like Brita. I used to have Brita. Brita was more popular, and pure was kind of like Like an off-brand, yeah. But. Yeah, like now pure, pure man. That's where it's at. That stuff's delicious. Well, what are we talking about today? What you got for me? I am finally going to talk about the one and only guy that I, oh shit, my <laughs> guy that, <laughs> sorry, my computer just went to sleep. Uh, that I, I find near and dear to my heart uh, as far as serial killers. Though he is not a serial killer. No. And that is the notorious cult leader, Charles Manson. However, we are not talking about Charles Manson in the sense of everybody else talks about. You all know his crimes. You know what he's done. Mm -hmm. So this episode is coming to you on November 12th, which is the perfect time to talk about none other than Charles Manson because it is his birthday. Well, happy birthday, Charlie. Yeah. <laughs> but like I said, we aren't going to talk about Charles the way that you think. Everyone is already, they already know who he is, what he's done, mm-hmm. you know. And, but just like, you know, Ted Bundy and many others, it's just he's over talked about. Like I said, everybody knows his crimes. They know what he's mm-hmm. done. They know why he was in prison and why he stayed where he was at. But the one thing that isn't talked about much, just like Bundy, and we did an episode on that. And if you Toasties haven't listened to that one, get your asses back over there and take a listen to that because that was a fucking great yes, episode. Yes, that's slacking. Um, and that what is we we're talking about Charles' mm-hmm. mind. What made him do what he did? Why did he do what he did? And why did people follow his words and love him the way that they did? Um. 
that is what we are going to speak on today. Also, I noticed because we were out for a week, total total going on a curve here because we were out for that week. I noticed so many Toasties did go get caught up on some episodes. So thank you for that, mm-hmm. guys. And those of you Toasties who haven't, get your asses back <laughs> over there. And definitely, like I said, go listen to that Ted Bundy one because John Z nailed it with that that dangerous mind conversation. It was a really good insight on on him. And I made me really come to a realization about him, things I didn't even think of. And I hope today you guys kind of get that with Mr. Manson here. Well, I'm excited. So a quick recap. In case you have no clue on who this man is, Charles Manson was born Charles Miles Maddox on November 12th, 1934 in Cincinnati, Ohio. And he would actually be 89 today if he were alive. He is most known for being the leader of a cult named the Manson Family which was based in California in the late 1960s. And these members committed a series of several murders that were ordered by Charles Manson. Now, one thing that Charles did big time when he was arrested was deny that he was in partaking any of these things. And actually, he never did. Mm-hmm. There's multiple proof that he actually never did partake in any of it. The most notorious one that um, he was arrested actually for was for Sharon the murder of Sharon Mm -hmm. Tate in the massacre that happened in that Mm -hmm. home. Sharon was a film actress and a wife to film director Roman Polanski and she was actually eight and a half months pregnant at the time of her death and that was also the one real sad part that people did talk about a lot is she pleaded pleaded Mm -hmm. for the life of her baby. Yeah she did. Spare her just for the sake of her baby basically told him, you can come back and kill me later. Just please let my baby live. Unfortunately, Roman was actually in Europe at the time of his wife and his unborn child's murder. And he was also, um, Charles was also convicted of being behind the Crow shooting. The, uh, there's Hanman or Henman murder, Mm -hmm. LaBianca murder, and Shea murder. So those are the ones that he orchestrated with his little family. He was suspected for the murders of, and this is a long list, long list, but he was suspected in the murders of Nancy Warren and Clyda Dullany, Marina Elizabeth Habe, Hab, Habe, sorry guys, Darwin Morrill Scott, Mark Waltz, John Philip Zero Hot, James Sharp, Doreen Gall, Reet Jervetson, Joel Pug, who Pug, P-U-H-G, however you guys decide to pronounce that. Ronald Hughes, James Lambert Thompson, Willett, Lauren Rennie, Chevelle Olmstead, Willett, Lawrence Merrick, and Michelle Mignano. What the hell? Yes. What? He He was suspected. Now- some of those people were actually his family members. Oh, okay. That makes more sense now. Yes. I was like, how the fuck was he Some tied of those to pe- all of that? A lot. He knew all those people personally. Okay. He had a personal connection with all those people, mm-hmm. and some were family members. Hmm. Mm-hmm. But what was it that caused a man who was actually only five foot two? I don't know what? why I thought he was taller. No, he was only five foot. Yeah. So he's like right in between. I thought our he was heights. taller. 
Yeah. He's, he's literally could chill with us. What? Down here. Okay. I, I, know, I don't know why I always thought he was taller. Maybe because I've actually never really saw him just standing. Mm. He's usually sitting down or is that, you know, a, a hearing bench? Yeah, that's right. I don't. Yeah, no. Yeah. I don't recall him mm-hmm. standing. All. Hmm, I did not know that. That's fun. Yeah. But what caused him to cause, you know, cause such crazy crimes? And was he suffering what people called, you know, the Napoleon syndrome? You know, short man had to prove something. <laughs> Sounds like somebody I know. <laughs> <laughs> Another Scorpio. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And if you guys don't know, Manson is a Scorpio. So let's, I'm going to put this out there as a Scorpio. They tend to feel feelings at the extremes. Mm-hmm. Anything they feel emotionally, it is extreme, mm-hmm. extreme happy, extreme sad, extreme mad, extreme whatever. Which plays a lot into what we're going to learn today about Mr. Manson. So Charles Manson had, like most of the people that we talk about, a crazy, harsh upbringing. But like we always say, just because your upbringing is shit, doesn't give you the green light to go murking people. Yeah, no. He was born to a very young teenage mother between 15 and 16 years old. Her name was Ada Kathleen Maddox. And his father was assumed to be uh, Colonel. I hate the word Colonel. And I know, I know, guys. It pisses me the fuck (laughs) off so much. Colonel Walker Henderson Scott Sr. Though he wasn't really actually a colonel, apparently that was just a given name to him. But he had quite the reputation by the locals. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Well, he had the reputation by the locals to be a con artist. And uh, when Ada came to him to tell him she was pregnant, he told her he had to go away in army business. And after several months, it was apparent he wasn't returning. So Charles never knew his biological father. So before Charles was born, his mother married William Eugene Manson. However, they did divorce shortly after uh, their marriage due to William's alleged gross neglect of duty. Mm. Okay. Whatever that's supposed uh, to be. Yeah, I don't know. Um, Ada was a very heavy drinker and would go on drinking binges with her brother. And a few years after Charles was born, his mother and her brother were arrested for assault and robbery and was sentenced five to ten years in prison. Oh, boy. So this resulted in Charles to be sent to West Virginia to live with his aunt and uncle. And when his mother got out, she then moved to West Virginia and then to Indianapolis, where she met alcoholic Lewis Woodson Cavender Jr. at an AA meeting. And then they got married. Mm. His mother was so much a drinker that she even traded Charles when he was a baby for a pitcher of beer. And I've heard this rumor multiple times. And I, when I was doing my research on him, I, I found that multiple times that that was a thing. That she did do that. Mother of the year. Now when the now when the family learned of this, they went and retrieved Charles. Um, but where would he have been had they never did that? You know, will we have this conversation today? Probably. I uh, do anybody that will mm-hmm. sell a pitcher of beer for a baby is just as shitty as the mother mother that would sell him for it. <laughs> I don't I see, and I don't think that we would – Charles Manson actually would be who he is today 
who we know him to be today if actually they never went and got him back. Unless she gave him away to some shitty person. It has to be a shitty but person. I don't know That's that... what I'm saying. Nah. You know, that person probably is like, you literally going to give me your baby for beer. Maybe I here, take the beer. I think the child is going to be better off with me. And maybe that's me. Maybe because I would be like, are you fucking kidding me? You, you're going to give me your child for a pitcher of beer. I think I should take this kid. Yeah. You're not like the rest of the population. Most of the, no. I guess Mm -mm. not. Uh, I don't know. This is also, you know, so far long ago. Who knows? That probably, that person probably thought it was a joke and knew that somebody was going to come get the kid later. I have no idea. Now. I do want to say, once I get through all this, I have my thoughts and my theories that I definitely am going to be giving out about Manson because I've really kind of learned a lot more about him that I did not know. Now, with a neglectful upbringing and a mother who does crime of her own, obviously Charles did many crimes himself starting at the young age of nine. Okay. His first crime actually was he lit a school on fire. (laughs) And then most of his crimes outside of that was just mainly petty crimes. But as things do, they get worse in time. And in time, we all know of Charles. Because of Charles' crimes and behavior and the lack of foster care during the time, he was sent to an all-boys school for delinquents, which he ran away multiple times and eventually stopped running away home. He would try to go home, but his mother would always send him back. So let me tell you this. And you're going to hear this a lot. Like, Bundy escaped prison. Mm -hmm. Manson has escaped so many more times than Bundy ever thought ever did. Really? Yes. Hmm. So, like, he, at this one, he would run away constantly out of these home, out of this delinquent home. Okay. And he would go, and he tried to go to his mother, and she would just send him back. Yeah, she doesn't want that responsibility. No. She's got a lifelong job of drinking and crying. Correct. He's just getting in the fucking way. I was saying, can't have a kid if you're drinking and doing God only knows what. So he eventually ran away to another state where he continued his petty crimes. However, there actually was a small time where Charles did attempt to live a life free of crime and ended up getting himself a job delivering messages for Western Union. However, he quickly began to supplement his wages with petty theft because, you know... His job just wasn't bringing in the dough. Hmm. And eventually he was caught. But a sympathetic judge actually sent him to Boys Town, which was a juvenile facility in Omaha, Nebraska. So this man, at a young age, has already been in multiple places in the country. Where, again, though, he escaped and ran away. (laughs) But not long after, he was sent to the Indiana Boys School, which was a very strict reform school Mm -hmm. now this is when things start to get rough again for him at the school allegedly other students did rape charles oh no and this was done by the encouragement of a staff member and he was repeatedly beaten Mm. and of course in the situation he attempted to run away 18 times from this school jeez please However, at this school, this is when Charles also developed a self-defense technique he later called the insane game. <laughs> this is sorry. <laughs> I know. This is what he would do when he couldn't physically defend himself. He would grimace, screech, and wave his arms around and flail to convince his aggressors that he was just insane. I mean, that's what you're supposed to do if you don't have anything near you to fight off a shooter. You're supposed to just act crazy. 
and throw stuff. Exactly. So that makes sense. And again, eventually, he would escape the school. Not long after, though, he was arrested for Mm -hmm. attempting to drive to California in a stolen car, where he was then arrested in Utah, (laughs) which this was a federal crime. And for that, he was sent to D.C.'s National Training School for Boys. And there he was actually given an aptitude test, which determined he was illiterate, but had an above average IQ of a 109. Okay. Which, for being illiterate, that's fucking high. So his caseworker deemed him aggressively antisocial. So this is kind of where he got his first diagnosis. How old was he now? Because he said he's still under the age of 18. Okay, I figured because you said it was for like adolescence or something. Yeah, it's a school Jesus. for boys, it says. It's a new yeah, event so every year. He's already mm-hmm. – so Charles had many small imprisonments, and on a psychiatric's recommendation, Charles was actually transferred to Natural Bridge Honor Camp, mm-hmm. which was a minimal security institution. And there, his aunt visited him because she lived in West Virginia um, – And told them that she would let him stay with her at her home and help him find work. So he's obviously old enough to work by this point. However, before his parole hearing, he was caught raping someone at knife point. What? Yeah. So there he was then transferred to Federal Reformatory in Petersburg, Virginia. What? Yeah. What year was this? (laughs) I I kept this part very vague for purpose reasons but there he committed eight serious disciplinary offenses which actually resulted in him being sent to maximum security reformatory in now this is i don't know how to pronounce this but i see this sign for this town every time we drive to wisconsin i think it's chili cooth or chili cough it's c-h-i-l-l-i-c-o-t-h-e but it's in ohio and I, oh, every time we see it, every time Lord and I see it, we call it chili cloth. But that's not the right way to pronounce it. But that's just how my brain interprets it. So when I saw that, I was like, oh, that's funny. I know where that's at. Um, but there he was expected to stay until he was 21. However, he was released on good behavior. And that's when he eventually moved in with his aunt and his uncle. So, oh, damn. I thought I was going to have a nice one for you guys there. You never do. Oh. It's always right before we start recording. Fucked up, up, right? Once he was out, he actually married a hospital waitress named Rosalie, Rosie, Jean Willis. And she was pregnant with his child when they eventually arrived in L.A. in a stolen car. (laughs) (laughs) And when he got there, he was arrested. But after a psychiatric evaluation, he was given five years probation. Hmm. However, missing his hearing, he was sent to prison. Hmm. Now, while he was in prison, his wife gave birth to their son, Charles Manson Jr., Hmm. which if you haven't noticed by now, Charles was given the Manson name from his mother's first marriage because he was born. I don't know. I don't remember if he was born before she got married because he was also known as Maddox, which was her last name. So I'm not sure when that transition happened, but that's where the Manson comes into play. Um, But while in prison, his mother and his wife would visit him. But soon his wife's visits stopped 
and his mom told her, him that she was actually living with another man. Oh. Of course, he tried to escape, and he was given five years probation, and his parole was denied. He did receive his parole later, though, and that same year he filed for divorce. Later in 1959, he actually became a pimp to a 16-year-old girl and some other woman um, named Leona Ray Candy Stevens. He was again arrested for the whole prostitution organization thing. And the woman, Candy, pleaded that her and Charles were deeply in love and would marry if Charlie were free. Wait. So before you continue, hold on. Oh, wait. Okay. So before the year was up, they did get married. However, when Charles was arrested again, she divorced him in 1963. And he finally was out in 1967. And at this point, Charles has now spent more than half of his 32 years in prison and other institutions. I was about to say. So he's 32. He's 32 years old by this point. And he spent over half of that time in either a prison or other institution. Yeah. They're like, geez, please. Mm-hmm. So now I mentioned this bit in kind of detail for a reason. He had the shitty upbringing. And as you can even see, he didn't even have a home life. Yeah. Nothing was stable in this man's life. And he actually told authorities that Prison has become his home, and he had actually requested permission to stay at this point. At 32, he asked to stay. Hmm. And one thing that Charles seemed to always want that I'm noticing already was a family and stability. Mm -hmm. I mean, he got married twice. He had a child. Every time he ran away in the beginning, he would run away to go home to his mom. Hmm. Yeah, because like he was trying to correct things, but... Right. That's not the life he was brought up in, so. Right. Hmm. The name Charles used for his cult was the Manson family. And one by one, he grew that family. But again, what made everyone fall at his feet and do his every command? Yeah, because it doesn't sound like everybody else did. Not really. No, he had actually, he had actually really, he was the underdog. Yeah. He was. Not getting nothing. So it's like he did a complete 180. Yes. So in my opinion, like I said, I think that Manson family was supposed to be just that, a family that Charles was trying to put together for himself. And because he lacked control in most of his Mm -hmm. life with his newfound family, he was going to make damn sure he had the control of this one. Yeah. Yeah. So a little fun fact about Charles. He loved music. He wanted to be a musician, actually. And when he finally got to California, because that was seemed to be always his, like, goal was to get over there. And I think because everyone always knows if you want to be famous, California is the place to be. Yeah, especially back in the day. Right. So he actually ended up befriending Dennis Wilson, who was a member of the Mm -hmm. Beach Boys. And Dennis introduced Charles to the band um, and to a, a record producer in the late 60s. And Charles actually wrote a song called ceased to exist which dennis did produce and record but he did change a few lyrics and the name of the song and that is now called a song that we all if you've listened to the beach boys you've heard it called never learn not to love me Mm. so that song 
was actually written by Charles Manson. Very depressing song. With a few minor tweaks. Hmm. Um, and they put that on the the Beach Boys had that on their B side to the single Bluebirds Over the Mountain. Now, Charles was never credited for this, and it's unsure if he actually was mad about that, though. There's some sources that said that he was um, just mad that the lyrics got changed a bit. Some sources say he just wanted to be paid cash by Dennis about it. Um, there's been a couple. Nothing was. I've never found anything consistent exactly about that situation. I mean, I'm sure he wasn't happy about it. He, I'm sure he wasn't. And actually, I'll wait to explain this part because I think I might actually go into this later down the okay. road. Um, but a little fun fact also in general about the Beach Boys is they actually have three tracks written by convicted murderers. What? Who else? So Never Learn Not to Love uh-huh. was Charles Manson's song. I Can Hear Music is Phil Spector. Okay. And Cotton Fields was Huddle Lead Better. Learn something new every day. Right. So apparently that's a trend for them. Hmm. With Charles' traumatic upbringing, lack of love, lack of control, most automatically assume Charles had schizophrenia. Hmm. Charles was sentenced in 1972 after being seen by many professionals. This is actually what he was originally diagnosed with. And for years, this was debated. So Charles is in... His final uh, Yeah, and he's just been diagnosed with schizophrenia. That is, That was the instant go-to for yeah, everybody. They're like, oh, he's schizophrenic. He doesn't act schizophrenic. Be- because, you know, he had all these people and he had his ideologies of, you know, the whole – and I do kind of go into this later, but his whole basis of what he did in California is for his cult was that he did the typical cult-leading thing. He did the fear-mongering and anxieties, creating this – impending doom of a race war and um, the fall of the government, things like that. That is how he created his cult leading, his family, if you will. Scare tactic. Also, he got a lot – fear tactic. Also, he got a lot of his members were primarily women, and he swooned them. Dude was a sex addict. Oh, I knew that. Yeah. Bro was a sex addict, and it makes so much sense when I go into – more about his psychological stuff because that's what we're about to get into and this is where i found things extremely extremely intriguing about charles and kind of answers the biggest question that you and i've brought up multiple multiple times why was he never released Mm -hmm. so that is how he got his following bro laid on the the charm quick with all the women Primarily, there's one woman actually that was a larger woman, and he just thought she was the most gorgeous thing in the world. And he'd tell her it all the time. Mm. They're all ladies, he and they all D. like to fuck. He had that really good D. <laughs> he may have been five foot two, but he must have been packing. I don't know. <laughs> that does not remind me of somebody. <laughs> <laughs> not that Scorpio. No, fuck him. <laughs> so by 1972, like I said, Charles was in his final imprisonment. And there was a gentleman named Todd Roy who was a psychologist and he started working in the late 90s at Pelican Bay, which is the prison Charles was sent to. Mm -hmm. And he was actually given the job of giving Charles a psychological exam. Now, at this point, 
Charles has had multiple psychological exams done on him. Mm -hmm. And they all kind of pointed the finger instantly at the schizophrenia. And I think that that was a massive cop out. Yeah, definitely. Because it was easy to be like, oh, he must have been doing these because he had voices telling him to. No, bro. He was just on LSD. Mm -hmm. Copious amounts of of LSD and other drugs. Um, But actually, again, I'll get more into it. But he was given that job. And for weeks, Todd asked many questions from psychological tests and getting Charles reactions from various ink block cards. Todd Roy actually recalls recalled Charles was curious, rigorous, which fond or mm-hmm. of company and very sociable is what that means. Um, aware of his notary no, notoriety, so he was aware of like. Charles was very aware of uh, how popular he was. He knew. And he was mostly civil. And Todd actually refers to Charles as Charlie. Overall, he was actually very fond of Charles. Mm -hmm. But then he would be reminded that he was in a room with a cult leader. So every once in a while, he would be like, wow, this is a really great dude. And then he'd be like, wait a second. You're crazy. He's being manipulated. I'm doing a psychological test. Yes. Mm -hmm. He would find himself very much so getting manipulated mm-hmm. from conversations. And there's that is one thing actually Charles was very, very good at. Clearly. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, the second day of their interviews, Charles showed up with a haircut that exposed the swastika tattoo on his forehead. And then there was another day Charles described Todd's car because Charles was actually spying on him through a prison window. That is creepy. That is extremely creepy. Um, Todd found that very intimidating, but also showed at the same time Charles' observational observational capacities. Mm. So after his testing and interactions with Charles, Todd Roy came to his conclusions of Charles' diagnosis, which actually allowed Charles to get mental health treatment. He was basically diagnosed with antisocial personality disorder and was a psychopath. Mm-hmm. Lots missing from that. I don't know about anti. I would not say too much no. antisocial personality. He was actually very personable. He's he liked being around people, but it was only for his purpose. It eventually turned into that, yes. But at the same time, and like I said again, when we get into this psychological breakdown of Todd's findings, because this is going to be basically based off of Todd's findings mm-hmm. and the research done by multiple psychologists. And it, it'll make a thousand percent of Charles. Mm. He's definitely a psychopath mm-hmm. for sure. He's got the egotistical bullshit. Yes. Mightier than all. So the, Oh, yes. So the prison office officials wanted Todd to hand over the materials from Charles' evaluations, but Todd actually refused. And I'm so glad he did that. So glad he did that. And Todd said that they were actually afraid that he was going to publish them to the public, which he was going to because he felt there was a lot of scientific importance there that needed to be out. However, they ended up making an agreement that he was not to publish them until after Charles dies. Hmm. So in 2017, after Charles dies, Todd began to think of the agreement and started to look into what he needed to publish the records. Mm -hmm. And he said he had never written an article for journals. So he actually contacted psychologist Reed Malloy 
And Reed focused on extremism and actually did risk risk assessments. And he actually consulted the government for the Oklahoma bombers and researched threats to the British royal family. And Reed was intrigued by Charles' anti-government ideology, so definitely agreed to help. There was also Alan Friedman and David Nichols. They were both psychologists on the team to review and evaluate the Minnesota multifacetic personality in inventory, also known as MMPI-2, uh, that Todd gathered on Charles. Joni Myhura, who was another psychologist, and she used her own assessment systems to reexamine Charles' reactions to the ink block tests. So with this team of psychologists, they published a paper in the Journal of Threat Assessments and Management that examines Todd's 1997 diagnosis and actually found Charles' symptoms were consistent of bipolar disorder. Hmm. Okay. So like I said before, there was a big controversy that Charles was schizophrenic, which with most cases would be a logical diagnosis with what Charles did. Mm -hmm. You could totally see like, oh, he must have behaved this way because he had voices telling him he had to do that. He had the anti-government beliefs. Uh, He would claim of the up-and-coming race war that was going to happen and the impending doom that was coming to the world, which is what he used to get people to join his cult. He used using the fear and creating the anxiety to get people to follow him it would be easy to say that he must have had voices telling him this was true and to take action and get people to follow him. He didn't do anything right? different that, you know, our own government hasn't done to us. So I'm just saying. <laughs> I mean, they're anti-government. So, yeah. <laughs> However, it was actually found that through... Todd's evaluations and the reviews by the team, he was consistent with bipolar disorder and on the manic end of the spectrum, Hmm. which makes much, much more sense. And I'm going to break down bipolar disorder for people because I feel like people don't understand that illness the way it needs to be understood. No, it's thrown around a lot. Uh, Way too Mm -hmm. much. Bipolar disorder was formerly called manic depression, Mm -hmm. and there's actually bipolar 1 and bipolar Mm -hmm. 2. And bipolar is a mental health condition that causes extreme mood swings that include emotional high, which is your mania or hypomania, Mm -hmm. and lows, which is your depression. When you become depressed, you feel sad or hopeless. You lose interest or pleasure in most activities. Also, with depression, your appetite is affected as well as sleep, along with many others. Depression affects many differently. When the mood shifts to mania or hypomania, which is a less extreme mania, hypomanias, you feel euphoric, full of energy, or unusual, unusually irritable. Now, these mood swings can affect sleep, energy, activity, judgment, behavior, and the ability to think clearly. Yes. Episodes of mood swings may occur rarely mm-hmm. or multiple times a year. 
so when people have bipolar, and I want to say when people have bipolar, and for those who have bipolar, you are not bipolar. You, it is not who you are. It is a condition you have. You don't run around saying, I'm diabetes or I'm breast cancer. You say, I have diabetes. I have mm-hmm. breast cancer. So this is the same situation. You are not bipolar. You have bipolar I'm not trying to diminish anybody who has bipolar by saying that I want to change the narrative of a disorder that's so misunderstood. You don't just have – you're not just a crazy pendulum, which is what people think when they hear bipolar, that they're just this crazy pendulum going from happy to sad at the drop of a hat or vice versa. It is a lifelong disorder, but it can be managed, and people who have bipolar can have quote-unquote – a normal life. Mm-hmm. So with bipolar 1, you have at least one manic episode that may be followed by hypomanic or major depressive episodes. And in some cases, mania may trigger a psychosis or a break from reality. And when you have bipolar 2, you have at least one major depressive episode and at least one hypomanic episode. But you never had a full manic episode. Now, bipolar 2 is not a milder form of this disorder, um, and both are separate diagnoses. With bipolar 1, you can have extreme or severe dangerous manic states. And with bipolar 2, you tend to just have longer periods of depression. So I want people to understand that. Bipolar 1, you have full-blown mania episodes. And bipolar 2, you just have more severe depressive episodes mm-hmm. and low and only hypomanic states. Both are two separate diagnoses. So specifically talking about mania, because that is what Manson actually had with his bipolar. He had bipolar 1, and he was stuck in a state of psychosis. He was stuck in mania. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he had his bouts of depression in there as well. But primarily, a lot of his actions were during his manic states. But mania is the part of bipolar disorder no one really talks about or really understands clearly. People understand the depression. Yes. And like I said, depression could be different for everybody. Depression isn't always a boo-hoo crying in the corner moment. Sometimes depression looks completely normal and you're going about your day normally but you don't really actually register you're there it's a really weird thing but this mood is actually the most damaging the mania most assume it's just hyper happy excited energetic but it is so much more than that and i really want people to understand this both manic and hypomanic symptoms are abnormally upbeat jumpy or wired you have an increased activity energy or agitation your exaggerated sense of well-being and self-confidence, which is that euphoric state that people can be mm-hmm. in, which we saw. You can see that with Manson. Right. He was very euphoric in his well-being. Mm-hmm. He thought he was just top of the world all the time. And he was very energetic, man. Very energetic. He was very jumpy, very wiry a lot of the times. You have a very decreased need of sleep for sleep. Unusual talkativeness. Again, we see that in a lot of Manson's interviews. Mm-hmm. He, he'll ramble. And it's tactful. He does it on purpose. Mm-hmm. Racing thoughts, distractibility, poor decision-making. Examples, you go on a buying spree, taking sexual risks, or making foolish investments. These are all things in manic states. The one that people don't talk about most, though, 
that I really want people to understand is the agitation and the irritability that happens in those states. When someone is manic, they're not always just happy and euphoric and feeling like they're top of the world, godlike. No, not at all. They also can be very angry mm-hmm. and not purposely angry, just sound pissed them off. The feeling of the wind pissed them off because they have this heightened sense of yeah. yeah, it just comes out of nowhere. It really does. It really does. And it's and the worst of it is when it happens, the awareness in the person who has bipolar and is in that manic state. Mm-hmm. And they realize they're being that way and they can't stop it. And it pisses them off more, which causes more aggravation, causing more irritability. And it's a vicious fucking cycle. Now, the timing of symptoms may include diagnostic labels such as mixed or rapid cycling. And mixed is when you actually have a, a depressive and a manic episode at the same time. This is for someone with bipolar very fucking dangerous because you have the depression which is you feel like shit you're worthless you're hopeless Mm -hmm. but you have the energy of mania behind it it's another destructive that is when damage to the personal to the person yeah happens rapid cycling is pretty much it's what most people imagine bipolar disorder to be it's that it is kind of like that pendulum of back and forth real quick one second they're happy the next second they're mad or sad, mm-hmm. and they're back and forth hyper, they're mania, mania or depressive. But they don't have, that doesn't happen all, this is not the norm for bipolar disorder. You're not just back and mm-hmm. forth all the time. Actually, being in one mood or the other happens very slowly with someone who has bipolar disorder. That's, they'll be like, unfortunately, can have depression that lasts for months. And then all of a sudden, next thing you know, they're f- jumping up clean in the house for three days straight, not sleeping. Mm-hmm. But that is that is bipolar disorder. So the next time you see somebody who seems super happy and e- eager, and then all of a sudden they flip off on you, stop fucking saying they're bipolar because they're n- probably not just because somebody's impulsive or, or just an asshole. S- or just snaps because they were having a day and that was just the final fucking straw for them, does not make them fucking bipolar. No. Stop mislabeling that. Stop using that. Stop saying that you're bipolar because you have the moment where all of a sudden you're happy one one moment and crying the next. Mm -hmm. It is a very serious mental health illness that is not being taken seriously, understood, and taken serious. And it needs to stop. I'm going to get off that soapbox. I had to go over that because I want people to understand mania because. I fully, fully believe that that was Charles. Oh, 100%. Once I finally once I finally heard that and actually look at things like his interviews, I'm like, holy fucking shit. Dude's euphoric. He's stuck in a state of fucking psychosis. Mm-hmm. He wasn't schizophrenic. He just thought he was on top of the world. Yeah. He couldn't come down. Nobody can stop him because he's manic. Mm-hmm. It makes so much more sense. Stop mislabeling bipolar disorder. Those of you who have bipolar disorder, please make sure that you are getting help for yourself. It's okay to get help. It's okay to reach out. If you need to reach out to one of us, please do so. You're not alone. We love you, but don't go through that alone. Back on to Charles. (laughs) (laughs) Now with Charles. Like I said, it was controversy 
Was he schizophrenic? And after the team reviewed this evaluation, he was found more on the manic end of the spectrum. He was an aggressive guy, antisocial. Again, I don't believe that one. Narcissistic, a psychopath. All those make so much more sense. Mm -hmm. And once you hear his actual, true, real diagnosis, you're like, holy shit. It makes so much more yeah. sense. He makes like you kind of like how when you realize like, holy shit, Ted Bundy kind of had some empathy for going on. Yeah. Re rewatches interviews and you're like, wait, he did. Yeah. It's small, but it's he there. Empathy. Yes. Yep. But when you so when you hear this about Charles Manson and look at it now through the lens of what his actual diagnosis is, you're like, holy shit. Yeah. That dude's not schizophrenic. There was no voices in no. there. That was him, which is terrifying, mm -hmm. very terrifying. He actually never demonstrated the hallmarks of schizophrenia, such as despair and feelings of alienation. Actually, he was quite opposite. He was able to attract others, which is a more associated with the behaviors of grandosity and euphoria, mm -hmm. which is mania. During the inkblot test, he described them as, and these made no sense. It was, quote, two Rip Van wrinkles asleep. And he described another one as, quote, two KKK men with wings. And many of his descriptions involved sex, which, again, yeah. mania. Yeah. You're very, very sexually active during that time. Um, but less than 1% of people actually see what Charles saw in the ink block. So he wasn't the only person who's seen crazy things like he was saying. Um, but it also, with reviewing these showed there was no faking his answers. He was genuine with what he was saying. Joni, one of the psychologists, um, also watched his 1993 interview with Diane Sawyer. Mm -hmm. And it was noted that he tried to unsuccessfully to he tried unsuccessfully to overpower her and take control of the interview. And it was noted that he was planful and he would disrupt her. And it was clear he his thinking wasn't disorganized. So when he spoke, he knew what he was saying. He knew what he was doing. He came across like he was making no damn sense. But he was actually very tactful in the words in how he was approaching things. Yeah, he's doing things. it on purpose. Yes. He's a master manipulator. And because of this, yes. And because of this organized thinking, again, it ruled out that schizophrenia. Mm -hmm. He displayed a lot of hypomania because he was very talkative, driven, and full of energy. And he was 100% in control. Mm -hmm. He also had difficulty showing empathy and having intimate relationships, which was signs of the psychopath mm -hmm. now of course his mental illness was triggered by his traumatic childhood most people today when they have these kinds of histories there's more likely interventions that are done for them to help redirect the person away from violent pathways charles also was self-medicating himself with lsd and other drugs along with his cult family, which the drugs were believed to likely lower their inhibitions about the killings. And from what I understood, if I would have went down the road of actually going over the murders and stuff, like I think he's the one that pushed the drugs on yes, them. Yes, he did. So again, he knew what he was doing. Yeah. Charles had a specific fantasy 
which was the helter skelter fantasy. And it was his belief that committing these acts that um, orchestrated his that he orchestrated his family to do would bring the collapse of white society. And I'm going to say again that he orchestrated his family to do because, again, he did not kill anybody, but he got people to do it for Mm -hmm. him. But it would bring the collapse of the white society. But the he believed that the black individuals, even though this collapse of the white society was a race war that was being done, the they would win the race war, the black community. He felt um, that they wouldn't be able to govern themselves. So he would then come out of the desert because that's where him and his family were hiding. And he would rule the new society, which again, displaying that manic symptom of being like, higher than god this this wonderful being delusion <laughs> very very delusional bruh napoleon coming out over here with his five foot two yeah. ass oh god again mind blown on that one fucking mind blown so it was also found charles was a target attacker and these kind of people will harbor personal grievances 80% of the time and such grievances are typically composed of a major loss humiliation anger and blame so before the Tate killing Charles was actually upset with Melcher Melcher was the producer with the Beach Boys that Dennis Wilson introduced him to Mm -hmm. so the music producer refused to record songs for Charles and Charles and his followers partied with Melcher and the Beach Boys drummer Dennis Wilson Mm -hmm in the year prior to the killings, which occurred in the home Melcher was renting until he actually moved in January. So Tate and her husband actually started renting that home the following February. And six months later is when the slaughter happened. And it was later stated that actually the Manson family knew that Melcher didn't live there, but Charles wanted to threaten him and scare him So forever, many tried to understand and find answers for how this could have happened. And, quote, among terrorists, the personal grievance is usually joined with moral outrage concerning a suffering group, which is then framed by an ideology. But the severity of psychopathy in Manson would preclude any moral rectitude, which is quality of state of being or moral integrity at all. One is left with the homicidal drivers of personal grievance in grandiose fantasies of world domination. So basically what this person said is because of he he had the grudge with Melcher originally. Mm-hmm. So his his goal was to target Melcher. Okay. But unfortunately, by the time they went to go attack Melcher, Melcher was gone and Sharon Tate and her family was actually in that home. Mm-hmm. At this point, though, I think Manson was... He was already had his mind set up though. Someone, someone's got to pay for what I, what I'm upset about. He had his grievances. Yeah. He was mad. He was he rejected. Was uh, he was on a high. He got rejected, and he was done with rejections. He wasn't taking them no more. So he, I, I don't know fully. Again, I didn't go into too much details with that whole Tate murder thing. If he just said, "Go kill whoever's in the bill or attack and threaten who's ever in that building." I got the sense that that was not originally the plan was for Tate's to be murdered. I think there was supposed to be like a beat them up or whatever type situation because prior to Sharon Tate, 
again, if you guys know much about Charles Manson and the orchestrated stuff that had happened, all the other attacks and murders that happened were just that. They were threats that he was trying to send out like he was this badass guy. Mm -hmm. And one of them was to actually a black gentleman who was very high up in the music industry, I think, and other situations, which was his way of trying to start that race war. I think the same situation was happening. However, Manson had no moral integrity. He had no empathy. He had no care. He had a vision. It needed to be met. That was it. Didn't care who it was on. That That's what had to happen. And that is why, unfortunately, Sharon Tate and her unborn child and the many others in that home were massacred. So we have said this with few situations. Charles, though, he never killed anybody, right? Correct. He sent he sent his little henchmen out to do it for him. So why did he stay in prison for so long? Why have there been moments that other killers we've talked about were allowed to get out or even the same situation, him like Gypsy Rose? She didn't kill anybody, but she's getting out in December. Correct. After just 10 years. One of his members. One of his fa- one of his family members actually just got um, Leslie Va- Van Houten. Yeah. She actually just got released in parole in July of this year, 2023. Why was he not allowed out of prison? Instead, he died in prison, actually, ironically enough, Sunday, November 19th in 2017 at the age of 83 of natural causes. He had been incarcerated for 46, 47 years at the time of his death. But why? So he got his following because he wanted to create a family that he loved, Mm -hmm. that he was in control of, he was in charge of, he was charismatic, he was a sex fiend. Mm -hmm. He actually picked people who, like every other cult, was weak. Correct. And these these people were weak. And he was wanting to build a family that he was in full control Mm -hmm. of. And clearly he was. He orchestrated multiple murders that he never laid a finger on and people did for him. But because he never laid a finger on, why was he charged with first degree murder? And why was he stuck in prison till the day he died? But a member of his family's out. Gypsy Rose gets out. There's been multiple other situations of people who were able to get out I mean, yeah, but he, even the San Francisco he, witch he killers. He exhibited a lot more threats. He was he in and out of the system for a long, well, long time. I I have finally, going through this, doing this research, I have my thoughts. And I'll give you my thoughts in a little bit. I can give you my thoughts now, but I do want to hear yours as well. So you can get hear mine, and then yeah. you can kind of then co- come together with your own, or if you want to go over yours and then hear mine. I mean, you can go over yours first if you'd like. Um, cool. I mean, it seems pretty black and white to me, but I, I I think differently than a lot of people. So you do. And here, okay, here's mine. So upon doing my research, Charles actually had many opportunities to get out. He had lots of opportunities for parole hearings and possibilities of parole. However, due to basically bad behavior in prison, he was not granted the opportunities for it. And even at some of his other hearings, he wouldn't show up. Mm -hmm. Charles, when conducting these behaviors that prevented him from being out, um, he actually showed no remorse for what he was doing. Even the court system eventually found that he was just too dangerous to release Mm -hmm. which like you said he was just he showed that he's just not a he's not a safe person he exhibited a lot of inhumane behaviors yes and because of that 
he was forever removed his possibility of parole. Now, after going over the case studies that were done and really looking more in at what I've, I've already given you guys here, here's my theory on the situation. I believe Charles never wanted to get out in the first place. Mm-hmm. I believe it was his choice that um, he was, that he never wanted to get out, like I said. I believe that it was his choice that he had been in there and never let out. And here's why. At one point, before even going to California, he asked them not to be released. Mm -hmm. He asked for permission to stay. And the system said no and sent him to the world. Charles has demonstrated numerous times he is completely aware of what he's doing. Mm -hmm. He knows and understands himself and is in complete control of himself. He knows at all times what he was doing. Though illiterate, he was far from stupid. He was not schizophrenic, but he was not mentally well either. And he was completely, I think, aware of it. He never knew how to reach out and ask for help. And I know this kind of puts like a sympathetic light on the man. That's not what I'm trying to do. But looking at his life when he did try to go to his mother and even she rejected him, I really don't think he knew how to reach out for help. No. However, he always knew the prison system, being that he spent the majority of his childhood and his life up to the age of 32 locked up either in a prison or some sort of facility. It was home. That was, yes, that was truly home for him. Though he made it seem on TV he was innocent and didn't deserve to be in prison for murder, he was at a place that he always knew. He just, I think, didn't want people to think that he was there for an act he actually didn't commit because he didn't. But when he went to California, I believe that he actually did want to try to not be something from crime. And that's when he was doing the music thing. But again... Um, I mean, even when he was a kid, he had a brief moment where he was trying to not yeah, do something. But he was continuously, continuously rejected. He just didn't want to be there for that act, like I said. But um, when he got to California, he wanted to try and he actually be something outside of crime. And I think that's why he was going down the route of music because he enjoyed music. He loved playing his guitar. It was one of his things that made him happy. Yeah. Let him escape. And um, it was his, ex- yeah, it was his escape. And I think that... Um, Like I said, even when he was a kid, he tried to do that job outside of crime, Mm -hmm. but it just wasn't bringing in the money. I think that the rejection is what triggered everything when it came to the music part because that was the one thing he really loved. And when he was told, nah, and then that song that he wrote got tweaked the way it did, I think that's really was his final trigger. Um, Well, yeah, it was a a huge blow to his ego. And we were talking about some that's like – a psychopath i mean that they revolve around their ego they're no longer like they don't see themselves as that human being it is just them all right but just like i think when he was a kid because he did that job and then he was like eh, it's not enough and started crime same thing when he was mm-hmm. adult it just he doesn't know any other life and though that's not an excuse for what he had done you have to acknowledge it is the only life he Correct. knew. Literally the only. There's nowhere in his life was there not some sort of crime that he's been in. So it is. It's his life. I believe he just wanted to be a singer songwriter. And like I said, because he was not taken serious 
because he was weird. He lashed out in a sense. And when he was finally caught for his actions, I truly believe that he finally decided this is home and I'm here to stay. So when he was arrested for the last time in 1971, at only the age of 37, he, I think, purposely made the choice to just keep fucking up in prison so they couldn't let him out. Now, this is also why I feel that way, because that he was actually only out of prison for five years. He got out at 32 Mm -hmm. when he made it to California, and he was already back at 37. Five years. He did a lot of shit in fucking five years, man. But five years. He wasn't afraid of he wasn't afraid of the system. There that wasn't a repercussion. No, no, it was home. I truly believe that is why he never got out. That was home. And it makes so much more fucking sense now. Yeah. He originally was supposed to get the death penalty. Mm -hmm. But California invalidated any death sentences that were issued after 1972 and he was arrested in 1971 so that is why also he sat for as long as he did us he'd be he would have been dead a long time ago absolutely um which honestly i don't think he cared about that either Mm. but that is the craziest mind of the charles manson aka napoleon (laughs) (laughs) i'd have to say i agree he's his mind wasn't as intricate as many say it is. It, it was pretty simple. It was no, pretty it black wasn't. And white. Yeah, it, it very much was. It was not. I I think people wanted it to be more than what it was. More than yeah. it was because he because people followed him. But it what people don't realize it doesn't take a whole lot to no to get people to follow you. Look at how many TikTok. Look at how many many people follow TikTok videos. There is apparently a person out there who all they do is every day go out and kick a cinder block. A million, a million followers. Are you fucking kidding me? They kick a cinder block. What are you waiting for? Something amazing to happen? It's a cinder block. I know, but I don't know. It man. doesn't take much. Look at how many people follow celebrities. Yeah, I mean, with all the LSD that was around and whatnot, and he's feeding this to them. You know, that's that's people fail to forget. That's going to create a bond too. Yeah, and a lot of those people, just like any other cult followers, they have their own traumas. And you build trauma bonds. Mm-hmm. And he did have one of the family members, I think, that yes, was murdered. So he created that. You fucked with me. You got to die. Yeah, he did. By the hands of yeah. the rest of the family. By the hands of the rest of the family. So, again, he did create a fear. But he also did. He fucked all the girls and the guys. That was one of the crimes that kept him in, in prison for when he was younger is a homosexual activity that was one of the bad behaviors bro just likes sex which is a very 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 common thing for for mania and And, bipolar disorder and people with uh ego issues narcissists narcissistic it's just he hadn't he had narcissism fills their their ego i don't i don't know explain it it's just something that they get addicted to they are absolutely so in love with themselves and it's not really the sex it's them. It's themselves. They are addicted to well, themselves. <clears throat> the only thing that I would say that Manson's not narcissistic is because nobody else did love him. So he was left to love himself. Correct. And that still would have created narcissistic. Yeah, it would have, but I don't know. I still see him as narcissist. Um, 
I definitely, yeah, I could, I mean, I totally can, I could totally see it. I feel like for argumentative sakes, I could also say that, is it really narcissism when you're, nobody loves you, but you love yourself because nobody else did? I mean, yeah, because you think that highly I mean, he of took yourself. things to an extent. He, he thought very highly of himself. But was that narcissism or was that mania? That's a good question. And we won't really know that. That's in exactly. his, in his mind. It's hard mm. to, you know, tell the difference between the two at times. It, it really, it unfortunately is. It is a very fine mm-hmm. line of a manic episode and narcissism. They can walk almost hand in hand, but they are two separate things and trying to decipher the two because they weave into one another is hard. I would probably say most of the time it was probably his narcissism just because of how easily he found it to manipulate people. And that I could agree with the narcissism is because he did have quite the manipulative mode. Mm-hmm. He's very, but very I feel brilliant, like it, but very black and white. He, he was very brilliant. There was no hidden things be- with Mm-mm. what he was doing. And that's the funny thing. I think people were trying to make it more complex than what he and was. And he would tell people. He, was, he would tell them. Oh, he was straight uh, up always, honest. Always. But that's how highly how I also think he was in himself too. He, Yeah. But again, that could be it. That could have been the it mania. It could have been, but it can also be narcissism. I think he just had the perfect See, and mixture. I think I just think throwing the narcissist out there is as easy as people saying, oh, he was schizophrenic. Nah, I, I don't see it that way. I think just because of just because of how easily he can manipulate people is what makes me want to change my mind. Okay. He really was a master manipulator. Like not even not even Bundy could do that. No. He was too complex. Yeah. No, he had something that's very black and white and he put himself first. Um because that's all he had. And for once in his life, he was going to use others as others had used him. And that's exactly what he did. And that's what he was telling everybody he was going to do. And if mm-hmm. you didn't like it or didn't give in to him, then he was going to punish you. And I don't think that's mania. Yep. I think that's narcissism. That's psychopath. Yeah, which is part of narcissism. Go mm-hmm. hand in hand, so. Mm-hmm. So, no, I agree. That is, that is the mis- mind of Mr. Charlie Manson. And happy birthday, yeah, Charlie! Happy birthday, old man! Crazy thing is, is my son's birthday is the next day. <laughs> yeah, but he's not going to be anything like that little fucker. No, my son is the best Scorpio I know. Mm-hmm. He literally told his sister because she was having really bad period cramps to t- not not worry about dishes. He's got it because she's cramping and he'll take care of it for Aww, her. Aw, what a good man. <laughs> Raise <know>. him right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. What a sweetie. She was having really, really bad cramps and he's just like, I got it, sissy. Don't you worry. Go sit down. You have cramps. You shouldn't worry about this. Aw, that's so cute. <laughs> now will Angel do the same for him when he's got a tummy ache next time? Absolutely <laughs> yeah. not. She'd be like, dude, go do your dishes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yep. That sounds about right. <laughs> Absolutely. Love them. Well, thank you. That was yeah. good. I enjoyed that. Yeah. I was everything of my fondness for him made sense. Mm-hmm. It made sense. So I'm glad I finally got to get this 
off my chest. I'm glad you did too. You've been talking about it for a while, a lot since this yeah. started, I believe. Yeah, but the problem is, like we did with Bundy, we didn't want to overdo a story that's already done. No. Yeah, so. we don't want to talk about the crime. We you. want to talk about the mind. It's more interesting. Yay, more interesting. So, thank you guys for listening so much. If you haven't already, like, follow, share, tell everybody about us. Go follow us on Instagram and Facebook and TikTok and check out our website and you can email us. And those of you who are suffering from a mental health illness, please, 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 please know you're not alone. Please, 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 please don't go murking people. It's not the right answer. Reach out, shout out, find us on one of those medias of any sorts and let us know. We're always here for you guys and we will try to help find the direction you can go to get that help with with mental health and and stuff because your brain is important to us and we want you all to be well. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. But until next time, make sure again, like I said, like, follow, share, tell everybody, hit the bell, guys. Yep. Thank, thank you guys again also for the patience and we are so glad to be back on normal track. Mm-hmm. So stay tuned for our next episode. But until next time... Bye.